Welcome back to another episode of Kicking and Screaming and Akalani's Blueprint Sports Podcast, hosted by myself, Hunter Hagel, and Gus McKinney. Um, today, we kind of have an open slate going, uh, talking about mostly NBA, um, some trade it's, um, trade deadline predictions, um, all-star break, and a lot about the NBA 75 uh, rankings. So, uh, how are you doing today, Gus? I'm doing pretty well. Um, just coming right out of the All-Star break, I just want to say the NBA, they kind of have a problem in the dunk contest. And I thought the the whole weekend wasn't bad, but the dunk contest was just boring. And so what, what did you think about it? It was so awful. They need to get exciting names in there. Like, I, I'm a Warriors fan, so I like watching Juan Toscano Anderson in there. But are you, like... He was a, bad. Like a, a bench player for the yeah. Warriors? Like, why, yeah. do you, why do you need him in the dunk contest? Yeah, no, we were saying, like, I think you need to average, of like, like 10 points or whatever. Like, when they get these random guys out there that no one knows, it's, like, not as exciting to watch. Like, occasionally there's, like, there's the player. The Derek Jones Jr. Yeah, and, like, even, like, when Aaron Gordon was in, he wasn't a great player. But he was an exciting player, you know? Um, but, like, just having, you know, Anthony Edwards or, like... It should just there should be some requirement where people have to participate in the NBA All Star Weekend a little more. Like, yeah, I get it if you're coming back from an injury, battling like uh, in a day to day injury, and you don't want to risk anything. But you have to have some like Zach Levine needs like yeah. he he needs to get in there. Like, yeah, I, I get the Pro Bowl and how no one wants to do that because that's very big injury risk. But like. Has anybody ever been injured in the dunk contest? No, no. I mean, yeah. I, I also think it does boil down to you, there are only so many dunks to do. Yeah, and I so think they it's almost hard need to get to, creative. I think all, like a solution could be discontinuing it or taking a leave from it for like five or so years, going to like a new event, something like the three v three contest. I think that'd be really yeah. interesting. I know that's thrown out on Instagram all the time. I think that'd be way more interesting than the dunk contest right now. Yeah. But I agree with you in the fact that, like, every dunk just looks the same. It's like a windmill yeah. or through yeah. the legs, and there's only so many components to a dunk. I thought it was interesting, though, the way they redid the skills challenge, making it the four teams and then the bracket. I thought that was actually pretty fun to watch. And then I like what they're doing with the target score. Yeah. I think it makes it more... Oh, yeah, definitely. I thought the All-Star game was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously we're Warriors fans, so watching Curry. Yeah, but anytime did. you can see LeBron and Curry, like if for any fan, like yeah, LeBron, Curry, Giannis, like it's just like a, no, it's just a fun. It's a fun game to watch, but I don't have much to say on it. Like it, it's no. pretty basic. Like I mean, oh, Curry's sixteen threes, like yeah, that's that's amazing, and I'm glad that he got that uh, All Star MVP just to add to his accolades. Not that yeah. it means much, but still, it's something on the list. Um, but it's pretty self-explanatory. There's not much controversy surrounding the, you know? Yeah, yeah, there's not much to talk about. I mean, it is what it is. Um, heading into the last, uh, last, uh, the fourth quarter of the NBA season, what do you think, uh, about the standing so far and who's hot and who's not? Well, I mean, we saw, not to keep talking about the Warriors, but we saw them dip 
we saw a heavy decline in that last month or so before All-Star break. I think they're going to pick it back up. I think it boils down to Draymond Green. Yeah. Uh, do we know when he's going to be back? Is it? I think he's reevaluating in a couple weeks, maybe. But it's just that Curry can't get as good as shots with Draymond not on the floor. But I also think Clay Thompson being, like, now he'll actually be a threat. Yeah. Teams weren't worried about him two weeks off injury. Now yeah. teams can start worrying. Yeah, now that he's matured into his role, I actually think he is the same Clay Thompson we saw three years ago. One thing is, with Clay Thompson coming into the lineup, I feel like Jordan Poole isn't utilized quite yeah. as much. I, I mean, he was having an incredible season for a second second or third year? I think third year. Okay, third year. But, like, a very... Like, he was showing a lot of improvement. I want to see him show that again, you know? It kind of seemed like after his starting role was taken, he was almost lost out there. Yeah, I mean, I agree. But when you look at the kind of guy that Jordan Poole is and the kind of player he is, he shouldn't be playing next to Steph Curry. Definitely, I mean, yeah. He's such a defensive liability, and he's only 6'3 or 6'4. So we, I think Clay is definitely, we needed some more size and physicality in the lineup, especially come playoff time when Curry, his defense has improved, but it's still not great. I think Gary Payton will actually uh, pair really well with Jordan Poole in that second unit. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's a really good, uh, that's a really good guard duo. Yeah. You know, there. And, um, and Poole's just a natural six man. He just comes in and he shoots and he's, he just, he just yeah. puts points on the board quickly. It's kind of like what, uh, what they had with uh, Livingston, just someone to run the court. Yeah. Just a good like who could maybe start somewhere else, but here he's just taking on his role. That's that's great. Um, Eastern Conference, I, it's going to be tight going down to a Bulls and Heat within one within a half game of each other. That's that's going to be good. And then you have Bucks and Seventy Sixers. Seventy Sixers, what do you think they're going to decline? Come with the no. No. actually, yeah, they I don't, don't think so. They trade. So let's think about it this way. This year, so they're the. They're the three seed right now, mm-hmm. and their only superstar has been Joel Embiid. And so this year, just this year alone, they basically traded Seth Curry and Andre Drummond for James Harden. Because Ben yeah. Simmons wasn't giving them any yeah. playing time, and their picks obviously weren't playing this year. Yeah, it's definitely a win-win for both teams. Yeah, I agree. I actually think the Nets, just the fact that they created a contender, another contender to have to go against. Because when you look at the Nets right now, they're in the eighth seed. They're in the eighth slot. They might have to play a contender in all four rounds of the playoffs. And, I mean, we saw this One, last year. They could, I mean, not to interrupt you, but they could easily jump into that sixth, fifth spot because COVID mandates, you know, yeah, easing yeah, out. Kyrie. Kyrie's going to come back. Kyrie and Durant, have they, they still have their chemistry. That, that wasn't lost. They don't have any tension. They don't have much tension between them. Uh, ben Simmons, if he could play like a bigger, uh, like a not in a, like in a literal sense, a bigger role, like a forward, um, I, I think they could uh, really fit well together, and I think that spacing works great. Like, yeah, I mean, two great shooters, and then you have it. Yeah, and Seventy Sixers didn't I, when they had JJ Redick, they had great spacing, and right. Seth Curry did help with that spacing, but um, that was the biggest flaw is that they didn't. Like, when your superstar is a center... Right. And then you're... I think it's hard to win as a team if your best player is a big man. 
and I mean, your, and then your second best player isn't is it, Ben Simmons. It, yeah, so I think it's a win. I think they both got a better situation, and also what the Nets did, they destroyed their future to get James Harden. They realized it wasn't going to work out. They got a future back. Yeah, they got wow, Ben they Simmons. Really did, didn't yeah, they? so they finally like they can't. At the end of the day, they won't say, "Oh, we lost out completely," because they didn't. They got a future back. Yeah, I will say. I mean, I think, um, I think come playoff time, I can't see the Bulls and the Heat. May- I could see the Heat maybe getting far. I can't see the Bulls winning more than two playoff mm-hmm. series. I think, even though they're in the fifth seed or in the fourth seed, uh, the Bucks have to be the favorite out of the East. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I I don't see anyone stopping. Ca- I don't see the Cavs. No, um, I don't slowing see, down. The Cavs either. are a first round exit. But I don't see them slowing down in the regular season. Yeah, I yeah. think they could stay that five four. But if the, I mean, if they have to play the Bucks or the Seventy Sixers, right. they're not going to win that. Also, the Celtics are red hot. Best yeah. defense in the league. I don't. I don't know about them. They really? Come playoffs. Just a little shout out to Kurt Goldsberry. He posts these things on Instagram, and it's like efficiency ratings for offensive and defensive. The Celtics are through the roof on defensive efficiency. Really? It's ridiculous. They're like not close to anyone else. Is it about how is Tatum out for I'm not I'm not sure about Tatum. Um, I, I thought I saw some uh I I'll look. I'll I'll look at that. But Okay. I yeah, I'm not I don't follow Eastern Conference quite as much as I do Western just because it doesn't affect me as much as a Warriors fan, but yeah. Yes, yeah, I I haven't been paying attention too much to the Celtics. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they made a run. I mean, great coaching. Yeah, obviously. And, and I mean, a great uh, core. Uh, so definitely anything could happen. Yeah. Um, in the West, the Suns are six and a half games out of the yeah, Warriors. They, I think they have that one spot on lock. I mean, yeah. I mean, Chris Paul might be out for the rest of the regular season. I don't they, they still have just a solid roster. That's, that's like, they have a very well-built team. I mean, they have their two guys, you count eight and is maybe even a star. Yeah. And then they just have a bunch of guys who play defense and can shoot. And that's like that's what a good team has. It's almost um I think with the what we've seen, the best recent teams, not as much Warriors, but we saw this with the Cavs and we saw this with the Bucks. The best teams are the ones that can build around one superstar in a way that that's perfect. We also yeah, saw it with the Raptors. Yeah. The Raptors built it around one superstar. And sure, that's risky because if that guy goes out, then you're done. But if you only have one superstar, then you might as well go big or go home. Well, and you you said not the Warriors, but in 2015, that's exactly what the Warriors did. They built right around Curry. Yeah. With the perfect compliments to his game. I mean, you had Bogut, who there's there's no one better said than that. Livingston, Iguodala, Barnes. And so I think the Suns kind of realized that. And when they went and got it, in with the first pick. I mean, that was a pretty clear first pick, but still, that's that's what... It's risky to draft a big man first. But th- but that's what they needed. They took that risk yeah, because yeah. A, a pick and roll with Booker is going to be unstoppable for years to come. And then you have Chris Paul, which Getting is an what, elite playmaker. Yeah, you needed a Chris Paul for Devin Booker to succeed. Yeah, I So agree. I could easily see him winning the championship this year. Um, it, it reminds me a decent amount of what the Raptors did around Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Just a playmaker to go with them. I think there are really only two contenders in the West. I think the Warriors and the Suns are both very legitimate contenders. Yeah, Lakers. Lakers suck. I, <laughs> I can't see the Grizzlies doing anything come playoff time, to oh, be honest. No. no. Um, 
I mean, when your best player is that young, you you never end up doing much. Uh, what what do you think about um the Lakers this year and Westbrook and? I, Westbrook was just a bad, bad. Uh, well, yes, it was bad. But how much did they really give up for him? Kuzma. They pay him forty million a year, though. Yeah, I guess. Um. Yeah, I mean, Westbrook's just bad. Like, I don't, I don't know what... I mean, I am a... Through and through, I'm a complete Westbrook hater. And he proved me right this year. Like, time and time again. Yeah. Like, he just can't play winning it, basketball. It's not a fluke. You don't have to make stretches to get him... To, like, call him out on certain things. He's just a bad player. Yeah. He's just, he's just not a winning player. Yeah, so I think we've wrapped up on our predictions here. Um, let's talk a, just for a little bit to wrap things up on the... Uh, NBA 70, 75th anniversary uh, list and specifically the ESPN rankings of it because that's where I think both of us kind of have issues sure. with it. I just want to pronounce my disapproval that Dwight Howard is not on the team and Damian Lillard is. Yes, that's... I mean, when you look at a timeline of Damian Lillard's career, he won Rookie of the Year. Yep. He won Bubble MVP. Yeah. The eight-game regular season. He does have two series ending game winners, which is pretty cool. But it doesn't count for anything, and he's never won anything. So I think it is ridiculous that he should be put over Dwight Howard, uh, three-time defensive player of the year, NBA champion. He made the finals as the best player on his team. Is it fair to say that Dwight Howard's more qualified than Anthony Davis, too? Um, I mean, his, his prime was better than Anthony Davis. Yeah, and it's not like Anthony Davis is still doing what he was in his prime. Anthony Davis is out of his prime. He arguably. is glass. Yes, he is gone. Also, Carmelo Anthony, I, I'd I, argue, abs- I think I, he deserves to be on there. I did 100% deserve that he he is on there, and he deserves it. But Dwight Howard arguably has yeah. had a better career yeah. than him. Yeah, yeah. What has Carmelo Anthony done that Dwight Howard hasn't done? He hasn't been more successful. He's had a... Like a, he maybe had a better peak. He he was and in talent wise, but not in accolades. Right, and which this should be about accolades because if it was about talent, then no one before nineteen seventy would be on this. I list. think Dwight Howard. I mean, so Dennis Rodman was on the dream team, right? But without yeah, De- that, De- would you would you say Dennis- he's better than Dwight Howard? I mean, I think he just has so so big of like a reputation, and everyone knows him for being the crazy guy that he was. Yeah. Um, and then also when we get down to the lower rankings, uh, I know you, you, you were talking about this a little bit, Hakeem and Shaq, this is a pretty big debate, but I think both of them should be ahead of Kobe. Yes, I agree. Um, both. Yes. Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, Shaq, obviously, because he won all three finals MVPs with him. Yeah. And then Hakeem, what, he had two championships, two finals MVPs. Yeah. A regular season MVP. I think he won a defensive player of the year in there. Yeah, I I think he's just as dominant, if not more dominant. Yeah, he won uh, defensive player of the year twice. Yeah. Um, All-time uh, leader in blocks. Now, where... Yeah, so... And I... It's hard to say who who should be ahead. I think it's like 9 should be Shaq, 10 should be Hakeem, something like that. Yeah, I don't or, like that Oscar Robertson flip. is that high. Yeah, he, they have Oscar Robertson at nine, which I just disagree when with. When you play in the '60s, it's hard to tell how good he was. Yeah, 
And of course, there's that he was the first to average the triple double and whatnot. But I like the Tim Duncan love though. Yeah, Tim Duncan ahead like of Kobe. Uh, I like that. And I'd I'd almost argue he's better than Larry Bird. It's just different eras and hard to compare. But yeah, um, and then top five. I don't have a problem. I could see you saying I Magic like- and Kareem could be flipped. Uh, I I I like Kareem at three. Yeah, the scoring title needs to count for something. Um, I do have a problem with LeBron being at number two. He should be number one. Hear me out. I'm not a LeBron hater whatsoever. Once he gets the scoring title, he can be considered number one. I know that's what all the greats are saying, too. He doesn't have anything above Jordan to say he's definitive number one. It's not definitive, but I just think he is. And maybe when he retires, people will consider him number one a little more. But as long as he's still playing and he doesn't have the scoring title, he he hasn't proved himself enough. And one more championship would help help him definitely too. Um, yeah, that's kind of Bill Russell at six. Bill Russell. Uh, I mean, it's I, hard, it's hard to say who you would put above him, right? Like, no, no, no. I a hundred percent agree. The one thing was Bill Russell or Bill Chamberlain. Right. I mean. I don't know. I would I would even argue that Bird over both of those guys. You cannot. Uh, I don't know what the difference is. I think Bird... Well, Bill Russell did all the championships. You well, can't. Yeah, no, but here's the thing. I think Russell and Chamberlain should be right next to each other with probably Russell one ahead of Wilt. And I think Bird and Magic should be right next to each other with Magic one ahead of Bird. But do you not think that... Will Chamberlain averaging thirty and twenty three is the most absurd. Like, I think, I think I that's enough. To- <laughs> I think I could have averaged thirty and twenty three in that era. No, I think you could have also. I think everyone listening to this podcast right now could Absolutely have averaged not. thirty and twenty two. Absolutely not. Uh, that's an atrocious take. Will Chamberlain <laughs> is one of the most athletic people to ever step on a court. He would dominate in today's era. He would dominate in the shooting era. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like we see, we see big men can still have successful runs in this league. Like who? Who? Which big men since Shaq has dominated the way Wilt did? That okay, maybe not a center, but Giannis isn't shooting. I mean, now yeah, he's he, developing a jump shot. But, but the he, way he's running, he plays like yeah. A small and Will Chamberlain was just as fast. Like that's the thing. He was. Yes, he was. He was an. He was a track athlete. Yeah, he he was pretty athletic. I'll give yes, you he was incredible. I, and obviously we can't speak on it because we never saw him play or whatever. But I think he'd be dominant in any area he plays in. He wouldn't average fifty a season. He wouldn't do that. But as far as I can tell, Will would be perfectly fine. He's one of the one players from the fifties that could do it in every year. Yeah, I do think him and Russell kind of stand apart from everyone else. Yeah. Um, so I think that's all we have to say on Just this. about it. Yeah. Um, I think love more trade deadline stuff to talk about next week and really just, it's, it's yeah, NBA games are season. starting up back again. Yeah, but it's NBA season. Oh, March Madness. We March can do, Madness pretty soon. Yeah, but it, it's basketball season. It's basketball so that's season. what we'll be covering. Um, and we'll see you next week.